David, Sean, in the past, as you just said prior to recording, we've duped our audience. Yeah, we're dupers. By, by making it seem that we were live somewhere when, when we indeed were not. Yeah. Uh, but twice we actually have been live in different places. White Rose Cafe and uh, live show. Yeah, I think episode 17. I believe White so. White Rose Cafe. Yeah. Uh, episode Got a big 17. pancake. I'll never forget that pancake. I had a really average sausage sandwich. Yeah. It was so average. My pancake, the pancake itself was average. The blueberries were divine. Ooh. It was the batter that wasn't that good. My uh, sandwich had no blueberries. That's where you messed up. I you did didn't get blueberries up. in your water? No. Didn't get the blueberry water. What are you thinking? Uh, we were Speaking of blueberries and this accent, I just wanted to recall fondly earlier this week or last week when we filmed... Uh, Fruit shots. Fruit shots, we yeah. Red slow fruit motion shots. Fruit being thrown around with one of our, uh, with both our biggest patron and our biggest fan. Yeah. Uh, Brett and Keith. Keith Knees. And, and uh, Brett got called in to do some accent work for a video for Lifetime Media. Yeah, from what I recall, someone heard him doing this voice and they're like, we need that guy. Yeah, and then they asked me. They're like, can you confirm that that guy has attended your Patreon accent workshop class? Yep. And I said, yes, he has. And with that endorsement, he got a job on the spot. On the spot, dude. Amazing. He recorded five minutes after that. It was amazing. And it's, from what I hear, their favorite video. You know, it's it's like it's just a testament to us, is what it is. It's that moment when you find somebody who's just got the that it factor mm-hmm. that you, whatever it is yeah you and we both you have it you know articulate but yeah we both have it yeah. in spades and uh and that's why they asked us if brett who doesn't have it <laughs> <laughs> would be would be fine <laughs> and we said yes but yeah yeah, yeah. It's exciting. so uh brett we gave you that confidence that you needed to do it and uh let's do another class yeah let's get you more jobs bud so the brooklyn accent went real well yeah really good it's a it's a great class it's a pizza and so uh maybe next time we'll maybe uh do a little class down under yeah we'll get him down there <laughs> is, this, is it are you Come australian quick am, am I, quick, quick. <laughs> he's a flyer Come quick. that's my new zealand that's I'm good New zealand that's a that's a good kiwi that's a good i don't know if they can hear this but i love that noise is it the ice? The ice rattling, rattling yeah. I don't know if they can hear it either. I'm an ice rattler. What they may be able to hear, and why I brought all this up about the live show, is. Uh, was that while technically we're no more live than we are for every other episode, but we're sitting outside today. We're outside. It's a windy day. It's a, so if you I, hear some wind, we're sorry. Yeah, that could be the commando elite. I think they're in the trees. It's right a small there. soldier's reference. <laughs> It's Archer. He's like, Alan, I think the commando elite are in the trees. (laughs) No, that's just wind. What is wind? (laughs) And then you get to watch a scene of someone trying to explain what wind is. Good luck. But that someone is a toy. No, it's Alan. Explain it to a toy. Oh, okay. But he's got a supercomputer chip in him. So, you know, he's more like a military intelligence AI. I, it's been a while since I've seen it. Oh, it's I don't have it the holds same up. recall. It holds <laughs> up, dude. Timeless That's a classic. It's a timeless classic. Have you made uh, well, I'm sure you have, like your top 100 movie list? Uh <laughs> I have a top 10 on my app Letterboxd and my top 10 has I think about 60 films in it. Okay. That's So cool. I'm close to my top 100. 
Have you ever looked at like the I forgot who has the American Film Institute or something like the 100 yep. greatest films of all time? Oh yeah. Do you find uh, some contrast between your list and their? Oh, list? Oh yeah. They don't have basketball on theirs. Is, and that's is a small shame. soldiers on yours? Oh yeah. <laughs> Probably not on the yeah. AFI's top think, 100. Uh, uh, surf ninjas. Three ninjas. Three ninjas. Three ninjas kick back. Three ninjas knuckle I, up on the I list. I love knuckle up. Okay. Uh, high mountain. I think that's what it's called. Three three ninjas at high moon magic mountain. I think that's. Is what that it the is. one it's where it's not the title. same three people? Yeah, not the same three people. It's got uh, Ernest Jim Vern is his name. I think Jim Varney. Jim Varney. Thank you. You're welcome. And um, I think Hulk Hogan is in it. How many of uh, speaking of Jim Varney? How many of the Ernest movies? are on your, your top 60. I mean, listen, Scared Stupid is up there, and I know everyone says Scared Stupid, but it's my favorite. It's good. Ernest Goes to Camp, See, also a good one. I love where Camp. Where they got that sweet school bus that they yeah. uh, mod out to be just a party mobile. You're that was always tootin'. a dream as a kid, to have a, a school bus and, and deck it out like as Ernest a party did bus? and Ernest Goes to yep. Camp. I had that same dream. I first saw that in the movie, and I thought, holy fiddlesticks, I need that in my life. That's a callback. I like it. I think we should... We talked last time about uh, some Kickstarter opportunities, and I think the Hardy oh, and yeah. Sons party school bus would <laughs> <laughs> easily actually rings reach really nicely, funding. too. The Hardy party, man. Ooh. Get on the Hardy party bus. Hardy and Sons party and bus. Ooh, not great. Yeah, we were close. It's a first draft, okay? Yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> God, Wait till you see this Back bus, off. though. We'll have a whole smuff section. Maybe an Oscars muff, like, uh, I don't know, ride-along. Maybe we'll call it that or something. I don't know. There's or there could be there. like, a, like a, a plexiglass panel that has like a mustache and like a bald spot on it. And, and you, you get can to stand, stand behind, behind it, it and take a photo. Yeah. And you can Oscars look like muff Oscars photo muff. booth. Yeah. That's genius. But not, not really a photo booth, just a photo opportunity, because people have their own... Uh, oh, God. <laughs> Did a bug fly in your A ear? bug flew into my ear just then. <laughs> I th- it was either a bug or a bird. But Sorry, it's, it's it was a huge a bird bit. is what it was. <laughs> That's a pizza. That's a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> if you, we need to put that link somewhere. Where where people can find yeah they need to know how good our our voice teaching abilities are pizza party Paulie so yeah. as we reference that and and essentially write him in to these <laughs> books uh, they just need to know the origin of that reference so uh, yeah pizza party Paulie pizza Brett party Paulie Brett Hoy so I continued reading from where we left off last time as one does yeah and. I I took us pretty deep into the book, and I took some notes, mm-hmm. and I, I thought, reversing last time, I would give you the book, and that you could follow along and read the, the sections that I call out, uh, yeah. and that, that I found interesting along the way. Oh, so man. So, there Look is the this. ancient tome. Being handed the keys. And uh, I'm going to pull up my notes city. here. Uh, it has been an exciting couple chapters. Like, so we ended with the boys give the chief a bomb. Yeah. And, and <laughs> the chapter ended with, uh, in this old book, the chapter ended with them calling to Con Riley, the bumbling police officer, to pour water. Like, the, neither Chief Colleague nor Oscar's Muff wanted to 
uh, pour water on, on that bomb, on the obvious bomb from the black of hand. <laughs> and I'm so, not the word about the black of the hand. It's <laughs> a black of the hand. So we're starting on uh, chapter 16, page 139. A confession. A confession. So in Hardy uh, Boy's fashion, we don't quite get to the confession yet because we're in the middle of a Classic. scene, really. Yeah. Um, so we, we've got to do this water thing. And I have at the top of, of 139, the way that they're talking to Con Riley is interesting. Uh, there's there's a part, I think it's like the third paragraph, where they're just barking orders at him and telling him to, to follow. Will you take me through that a little bit? Do you see where I'm talking about? Yep. Uh, I'm just going to do the whole thing. My notes get better after these, <laughs> yeah. these first few where I make it easier, but I, I didn't know what I was doing at this point. So thanks for so finding it. The chief is getting Riley to pour uh, water on everything. He wants him to throw. And Riley doesn't at this point know that it's a bomb. Yeah, he seems very confused. Pour a pail of water over it. Riley took off his helmet and scratched his head. He began to wonder if his chief's brain had been affected by the heat. Don't stand there staring at me, snapped Colleague. Hurry up and obey orders. I don't know what voice I'm doing. Me uh, neither, but, but this is what <laughs> I found interesting. Being so blunt, it's like, hurry up and obey orders. Yeah. Seems like a... Military kind of... Well, yeah, and, and so I'm someone. putting myself back into the 1920s. And, like, what lesson are they trying to teach children here? And granted, there's a, you know, contentious relationship between the police and the yeah. protagonists of the book. But it's it just seems like one of those things where, like, wait, what are you trying to teach the kids reading this book? That, like, with police officers, you follow orders blindly and, yeah. you know. If they bark at you, you do what you're told. Yeah, don't trust that they won't lead you to unwittingly approach a bomb because they will. And yeah. it's your job to just do it. And then old Riley seems really sad. Listen to that. This is the meanest job I ever got, observed Con Riley. I mean, that's that's sad. He's sad. And he doesn't even... They're just yelling at him to pour water on a box, and he's saying it's the meanest job I've, I've ever had. He doesn't know it's a bomb. <laughs> he doesn't know it's a bomb yet. He's just thinking he's poured water on this box. All the while, Rocco's over in the corner, corner just to... The, hang, on, hang, on. <laughs> hang on. I just want to say, this is our last Rocco line. Oh, is it really? This is our last Rocco line for the book. Um, it's... I, I just wanted to give it this sayonara farewell oh, to Rocco for the book. Um, but no. but Rocco's line and then the next two to finish the page, uh, I think are a very interesting, dark take on what life is like oh my God. on this force. G- go ahead. Maybe she blow them all to bits. Maybe she blow them all. <laughs> Maybe she blow him all to bits. <laughs> all to the bits. They added a da bits. Oh, Maybe she blow him all to to the bits. <laughs> to the bits. All to the bits. <laughs> He's going to, to the bits, <laughs> suggested Rocco, fearfully. He has insurance, counseled the chief. Yeah, that's the chief's <laughs> yeah. defense is, don't worry, yeah. he's got insurance. Yeah, we'll give him a good funeral, observed Smuff. Hey, don't worry, we're going to give him a good funeral. What an we're awful... We're going to give him a pizza. What? <laughs> it's a pizza. Is that a pizza? <laughs> <laughs> what an awful... Leadership paradigm that exists on this police force of like this guy's going into obvious danger. Yeah. And it's fine. We'll give him a nice funeral when he <laughs> obviously dies in mere moments. Yeah, you're going to die, but you got insurance. Do you have a wife? No. 
Well, who's going to get that money? Well, we will. Have you met me? I'm insufferable. I ain't got no <laughs> wife. I'm That's pouring a- water on a box. <laughs> I'm 38. <laughs> Come down here and beat you with this leg of mine that don't even work. <laughs> After all, I'm 37. <laughs> what are you, Rob Schneider? Oh. That's Rob Schneider, right? Yeah. So, so Con Riley is then uh, he pours a bunch like after he pours one they're like do it again and they just keep yelling at him and there's a crowd that's gathered but he doesn't know why and they all know it's the bomb um so finally on 141 uh there's a part where so so they find out it's an alarm clock and 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 start there an alarm clock roared someone they thought an alarm clock was a bomb pouring water over an alarm clock Chief Colleague and Smuff returned to the police station with all the dignity they could muster under the circumstances. You idiots. Yeah, so right before this, we skipped it, but the Hardys were the first to laugh in the crowd, and then everyone else joins in laughing at the police. And I just thought this is the strangest, like, mentality. And maybe yeah. maybe this was different in the 20s than it is now. But, like, if somebody called in a bomb threat now, you oh, better take business. it seriously. Yeah. And... If it turns out to be nothing, the people who did it, like, are in huge trouble. And they will find out who yeah. called it in or whatnot. It is not like, oh, gotcha, police. Yeah. <laughs> you stupid Zinga. police. Yeah. Like, they're being criticized for following a safe protocol yeah. of, like, well, you idiots. everyone says it's a bomb. It's a ticking box. We can't see what's inside. Let's be cautious about it, and let's pour some yeah. water on it before Listen, we open it. What would you rather have yeah. us do? Do you want it to be a jingle all the way situation <laughs> where Sinbad screaming, this is a bomb, and then everyone backs up, and then the police chief comes in. He's like, I used to be on the bomb squad. Picks it up, shakes it. He goes, this is nothing but an ordinary Christmas package. Opens it, blows up. Does it? Oh, yeah. Man, I that happens in Jingle All the Way. I haven't seen Jingle All the Way in quite some time. Yeah. And that cuts the sim back and goes, that really was a bomb. This is a sick world we're living in with some sick people. It's pretty good Simbad. I think I showed you like two weeks ago, somebody from NAB had posted like, uh, here's some pictures <laughs> from our, and it's just this quick montage of photos that they had taken at their NAB booth. And there was one just group photo, and it was on screen for like two seconds, and I had to pause it and go back. And it was like an Instagram like story, so it wasn't easy to pause and get to. Yeah. But Sinbad <laughs> is in this group photo, and I'm like, how do you not make a bigger deal out of that? That's and Sinbad. what was Sinbad doing just chilling, chilling around there? I, He's I got like bleach blonde hair now, right? I think so. Yeah. It took me a minute to recognize him, but oh, it's Sinbad. That's right. Sinbad, baby. Still looking like Sinbad. Oh, how does it make you feel knowing that you were in the same building as Sinbad, but you never bumped into him? It makes me. It makes me more aware of any building I walk into. Like the I Sinbad went to the grocery store the other day and just sort of <laughs> looked down a couple aisles that I probably wouldn't have. You know what you should do? Like, you should Sinbad immediately go to like the security station and say, hey, I lost my friend. What's his name? Sinbad? <laughs> you, you may know him. It's Sinbad. Sinbad? Sinbad? Yeah, Sinbad. Will Sinbad please come to the front office? And then you just wait for like five minutes. What was that movie that he was like a bodyguard for the... Was it First, first kid? kid? First Kid. Yeah. Yeah. You may know him from the blockbuster <laughs> First Kid. He Mr. was also in Sinbad. Good Burger. And what's his last name? <laughs> I don't know. Bad? <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Bad. 
Send bad to the bone, baby. I digress. Uh, but yeah, so uh, 142, they're, they're back to Fenton Hardy. He, this is where we start to get into the uh, confession a little bit. Oh, yeah. And, and Fenton comes home, and, and right at the top of 142, he's sitting down to breakfast, and he just starts sort of asking his wife. I believe it's the, it's the first full paragraph where he says, practically, start with practically. Oh. Practically solved, my dear. And if you'd care to hear all about it, not me. You know I don't care to hear about those terrible things. So, hmm. just uh, this is old Fenton Hardy versus the new Fenton Hardy, <laughs> where he's coming. So he, he oh got, yeah, you're right. He got back shelf. from he got back from questioning Red Jackley. Yeah, and is just like, hey, want to hear what happened, everybody? I did it. And, yeah, <laughs> practically solved. It. I practically did it. I just like this this bolder, fresher, more uh, confident. Yeah. Not, not well, I don't know if I really solved it. I one must we'll never do. inquire too <laughs> deeply, especially over a breakfast. <laughs> Did you just it, come up with that, or is that something you actually said? Because that's a great line. No, I, I'm just summarizing his attitude there. Yeah. Uh, but then she says, you know, I'm not interested. And he's like, all right, boys, come into my study after breakfast, and I'll tell you what happened. Uh, and so he and you know they they're those thirty minute breakfasts too, they like to take their time. Yeah, and uh, and we get into that some other food details up. later in the book too, which oh, seem just arbitrary. Yeah, but oh, I'm I'm not gonna get ahead. I'm not gonna get ahead because I I find it I find it good. Oh, I cannot wait. Um, but I love so my food stuff on page one forty three. So at, at the bottom of one forty two, he's telling them you know. Jackley died. Uh, but it's it's worded a little differently. How's it worded there? Let's see. First of all, said the detective, Jackley is dead. Did he confess? You're not very sympathetic for the poor fella. Yes, he confessed. Fortunately, Chief Colleague and Detec- Detective Smuff didn't show up. I don't know who I'm reading, actually. Jesus. I'm just I'm doing voices and I'm realizing I'm doing the wrong voices for the wrong people. Uh, Fenton Hardy saw that Joe and Frank glanced at one another and smiled quietly. That's a quiet smile. I have an idea that you two scamps know more about than you thought you would care to tell. However, they failed to show up and I had a clear field ahead of me. I saw Jackley just before he died and I questioned him about the tower robbery. So but, yeah, it seems it just seems slightly more. Uh, so in the in the new book, the blue one, it says the way Fenton Hardy <laughs> delivers it is uh, solved the mystery. Joe asked eagerly, practically. First of all, Jackley is dead. <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote in the margin, Jesus, Fenton. <laughs> and and what is the actual sentence in the old book? Uh, I think it's the bottom toward the bottom of one forty two. I could be wrong. The bottom was, but the you're not very sympathetic for the poor fellow. First of all, said the detective, Jackley is dead. Okay, so he does. So just... the, the line before that is Frank saying, "Eat your bacon and eggs, and don't be impatient." Yeah, there's some weird food <laughs> yeah. metaphors coming up too. <laughs> Eat those bacon and eggs, dude. Um, but yeah, so as they go on here, I just found that the old book seemed to be more patient uh, about 
Yeah, we have a Jack, giant it was more paragraph. more sympathetic. Right. And in this other one, it's like, he's dead. Here's what he said. Yeah. And I don't I'll want, tell you what happened. I don't want, you being, don't want you being sad about it. He's uh, got Jacqueline's wife on the phone, too, at the same time. Can I, can a three can I pull the book back here? There's yes. a, a note I didn't take. Uh, da, da. How is Red? He's dead. He's dead. He died. I killed them. I ran them off the tracks. You're just going to have to talk for a second while I look at this note I should have for sure taken. You idiots. You idiots. I haven't heard the uh, Hardys say that in a while, and I'm a little bit upset. They went on that whole rampage of calling people idiots. As Sean flips through the pages, he quietly thinks to himself, I should have prepared better. That's pretty much it. I was looking for it. He says it. Uh, rats. Oh, rats. You lost it. Um, well, what I was looking for somewhere in here, and I don't know if we'll find it on this podcast, Fenton is talking about Jackley's confession, and they're like, you know, is it, is it real? Like, do you believe him? And he's like, as earnest as a man ever was. Or he says something where he calls Jackley earnest and as earnest as anyone, yeah. if, if ever anyone was earnest, it was yeah. him in this moment. It's like, this is a lot of faith you're putting into this criminal. criminal. Yeah. Uh, but, but alas, here we are. Well, he was drugged up. He has to be earnest. Yeah. But he also on 143 is talking about, I made him confess. Like it wasn't hard making him confess. And, and I just he... thought that was an interesting verb choice making someone confess versus getting them to confess. It's a thin line, but I feel like when you make someone confess, <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> it's less sincere than yeah. getting them to confess. Right. And I, I'm just, I'm back to doubting the confession a little bit. I know that now there's a connection where they found some jewels yeah. uh, from uh, Harold Morley's... Morley. Uh, from, from Morley, the actor's studio was found in uh, Red Jackley's halfway house. Right, uh, thus connecting him legitimately to the case, but uh, even with that gone, they're 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 not really making a strong case here, mm. based solely on this. He confession. beat him. He did. He beat he beat the living hell out of him. That's how he got that confession. He even said it. We we talked about it earlier. He, he beat like, him almost to death. What did he say? He was saying something about like uh, I'll drive him through the earth. Do you remember that line? Oh, yeah, like, I'll bring him to the earth. Was yeah, that that's what it was. Something that's kind of dark. What happened to Jackley, Dad? I brought him to the earth. Um, so, page 145. He's in the core. 135? 145. 145. 146? 145, the second paragraph. Uh, starting with, I'll leave it to you boys? Yep. All right. Is this Fenton talking? Yes. Yep. What's Fenton's voice again? <laughs> Well, this is this is old, bold. Yeah, this Hardy. is the old. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'll leave it to you boys to make the search," said Mister Hardy with a smile. "I've no doubt the stuff will be easily recovered, and you can have the satisfaction of turning it over to Mister Applegate. I guess you can get along without me in this case from now on. We we wouldn't have gotten very far if it hadn't been for you. And I wouldn't have got... Right, well, shit. Yeah, you're back to Fenton. <laughs> I'm back to Fenton, yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't have got very far if it hadn't been for you. So we're even. 
smiled Mr. Harvey. Yeah, so that, that Harvey, thing there. Hardy. Be on your way then, and good luck to you. I just like there's a lot of mutual respect. Yeah. But again, these are now a f- what, 15 and 16 year old? Yeah. Like these are young kids. <laughs> They're children. They're children. Yeah. But there's now this like increased respect. You and inspire so I- me every day to be a better dad. <laughs> I am nothing without you. And without you, I am nothing. You have come from my loins <laughs> and you have changed me to be a better loinsman. And with that, that the boys went to bed. <laughs> the, uh, um, so the second to last paragraph. On Come on, Joe. That one? Yeah. Uh, I missed then. Come on then, Joe. We'll have that $1,000 reward before the morning is over. So yeah, once again, just focused Back on that reward. On the money. And then that's, that's when Dad's just going to give them this shrewd glance. Yeah, and so... Oh, my uh, God. That last sentence on 146, start there and finish one. the chapter. Don't count your chickens before they are hatched, he said. And with that, the boys fell asleep. <laughs> and then, as the boys hasted out of the den, he called after them. Also, you might remember... <laughs> <laughs> also, <laughs> then they let him leave. You might remember the old bravo. That there is many a slip <laughs> between the cup and <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. I'll get through it this time. <laughs> this is so dumb. Also, you might remember the old proverb that there is many a slip between the cup and the lip. <laughs> But the Hardy Boys scarcely heard him. <laughs> so eager were they to begin searching the old tower, and so confident were they that the mystery was about to be cleared up. So <laughs> many a slip between the, the cup and the lip. I I looked it up, and the Wikipedia page says many a slip between the cup and the lip is basically don't count your chickens before they hatch. <laughs> That like that's this guy, those the, are the two Franklin examples. W. Dixon just <laughs> two sayings, and he's like, "Well, what if I just put them both in there?" Yeah, I and, didn't know which one to choose. And the fact that they're not really <laughs> listening makes it all the better. And him just scrambling, yelling after them, like, uh, "Also, like trying to find a something." A penny saved is a penny earned. Don't eat oh, cheese oh, before oh, noon. Oh, oh, before you go, uh, early to bed and early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. <laughs> Yeah, okay, Dad. Thanks, Dad. We, any other just glib any more cliches? more proverbs you have for us, Dad? Oh, 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 also, also. Jeez, Fenton, relax, man. If you're there 10 minutes early, you're 15 minutes late. <laughs> okay, Dad, we get it. <laughs> if you're there 10 minutes early, you're 15 minutes late. Also, if... If you you're late, you're not on time. You're not on time. <laughs> if you're if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, it's unacceptable. And never forget when the clock goes around, it ticks tock up and down, just like at the clock. <laughs> just like at the clock. Then a bomb goes tick tock and like at the clock. Don't uh. forget that when you run after a chicken, you better be quick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So chapter 17 is the search of the the old tower. 
Oh, yeah. It, Fenton's got great proverbs in this, I gotta say. I love this book yeah. because of these Fenton Many moments. a slip His advice between the cup between and the, the lip. Between the cup and the lip. But yes, The uh, Search of the Tower. Search of the Tower. So we're going to skip through most of this chapter because it is largely the same. Nice. They, they show up. He still has a, a gnarled hand With the stamps. Uh, full of stamps. Yeah. Um, I have a note, uh, 149, very bottom of the page. So they've gone to the Applegates. Like this chapter opened with the whole herd Applegate himself opened the door. That's all the same. I have very bottom of page 149. What do you think it says? All right. I'm just going to bring us into this. Uh, Frank. We have evidence that they were hidden there after the robbery, said Frank. Miss Applegate sniffed again and viewed the boys with Frank's suspicion. What? Don't use Frank there. That's the man's name. Um, <laughs> as... As if any thief would be fool enough to hide them right here in the house he robbed. <laughs> These. Wait, this is. I'm sorry, heard now. What's Heard's voice again? Hey. What's, what's an old man? I, this is what I did for fan. I'll, I'll do this again. These are Mr. Hardy's boys, explained Heard Applegate. He is the big detective, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, so the way that they talk about him. He's the big one. He's he's a big detective, you know. But all detectives. Yeah, this is the line. Are nosy, always prying into other people's affairs. So yeah, that's what a detective does. Yeah, prying into other <laughs> people's affairs to job, find things ma'am. out. But I liked because in this book, I never saw the uh, the pillow that we have. Of the, like, a good detective never gets disheartened or whatever that dumb thing that that Fenton said. Uh, But instead, this is the new pillow idea I had. If all detectives are nosy, (laughs) they always fry into other people's affairs. So that's that's Adelia Applegate's. uh, I mean, with how quick the original throw pillow sold out, I mean, I feel like it is time for a secondary one. And this might be a great one. And this might be a good one. So uh, they they continue to progress just like they did in the first book. And on uh, page 151, he still has, this is what I said, there's still sheets of stamps in his gnarled hand. Yeah. Like that that sentence made it to the new book. And then uh, 152. 152. Um, This was somewhat of a telling thing. Very top of the page. You'd think his footprints would still show... By the appearance of this dust, there hasn't been anyone in the tower for at least a year. Perhaps the dust collects more quickly than we think. It may have covered his footprints even more within a couple of weeks. Yeah, right there, I was just like, okay, you've got servants. Yeah. (laughs) You don't know how dust works. You've never had to clean anything if you think that this caking of dust and in the pages before this they're talking about how the walls is the doorknob everything in the old tower is coated with a thick layer of dust yeah and if they think that that can occur in just a couple of weeks it just shows that they've never had they've to never dust anything dust, yeah they've had a maid this every is frank day, and joe right? yeah this is frank and joe ever searching. since frank and joe read that book on on the properties of dust i mean they became real turds yeah and speaking of of books you know that, that they've read about science three weeks they also do not fall into space. So there's a big thing, so now, big, in fact, see, when, in the new book. When you said that, my water jumped up out of the glass. I see what and looks like a tear. And it looks like a tear. Yeah, I'm very sorry to break this to you, but in the, in the blue f- version, 
That was the whole yeah, like big the, drawing of the first page. That's like the opening artwork is Joe toppling over the railing into, into space. space. And the yeah, spaceman. That doesn't happen at all. Uh, so at the first paragraph on page 153 is just them very easily making... This is bullcrap. Uh, top of 153. There's no just danger. Them, like, search continued, and so at last they, they ended up on the roof. Nothing at all about fiddling with the trapdoor. They just went through the trapdoor onto the roof. No falling into space. How lame is that? And then I wanted to compare to the to the old book here. Or, I'm sorry, to the new book, which is the old book to us, which we keep getting confused as we talk about it. Yeah. Um, this is the rewrite that I'm looking in. Um, will you read the bottom two paragraphs on page 155? Yes. Her voice had attracted the attention of Herd Applegate, who came hobbling out of his study at that moment. Now what's the matter? He demanded. Then, seeing the boys, his face became creased in a triumphant smile. Aha! So you didn't find anything after all! He He began to chuckle, immensely pleased with himself. I told you so! So, yeah... They're even more spiteful and, like, wicked in this book. And what they're cheering for here <laughs> is the lack of conclusion <laughs> to the mystery. Like, there's we're not, trying to find your jewels There's not here, disappointment. Sir. There's triumph. It's you like, will never uh, find them. We're you will still never find missing them. all the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. Take that, you turds. Uh, so, with that, the chapter ends. And, uh, <laughs> and then we get to chapter 18. 18, baby. The New Tower. The New Tower. So, after they fruitlessly search in the Old Tower, uh, they explain to them that there's... They they explain the Jackley story, Mm. which gets some buy-in. So, I have bottom of page 156, starting with, go ahead and tell me. Who's saying this? I don't know. I, I hate that it doesn't say said this person. Uh, I'm just going to go with Frank. Go ahead and tell me. Why didn't you tell me before? Oh, that, that's heard. That's heard. Because they're, they're, they're saying we solved, we, we know who did it. We've caught the thief. Oh, okay. Go ahead and tell me. Why didn't you tell me before? Because we wanted to work this out ourselves as, as far as possible. But the information we had came from the man who stole the jewels and the bonds. What? <laughs> Has he been caught? He was captured, but he will never come to trial. <laughs> Did he escape again? He escaped by death. <laughs> yeah. The thief is dead. Yeah. That dead? Was- what happened? So... This whole exchange <laughs> of them basically being like... You could have said he's dead right off the bat, Yeah, why not, why not word it differently? Yeah. He escaped? No, he died. <laughs> but instead saying, yes, he did escape. He was captured. death. But he will never come to trial. Yeah, what a weird roundabout way. Oh, so way. he's not going to come to trial? Because he escaped. By death. So, so no. Yeah, the, the Hardy Boys love just high tension. That's just good drama. Um... Page 159. We're going to skip ahead a little bit. Oh, jumping. 159, third paragraph. Third paragraph. Starting with some dialogue. 
All right, Adelia. Perhaps you're right. But it won't hurt to make a search anyway. So, come on, boys. This like so they've triumphantly laughed in these boys' faces. They're like you're yeah, making you a fool idiots. out of me. The, the same narrative is here as as in the other book of like you're gonna make a fool out of me. Yeah, and it's like no, we just wanted to look They're based on a clue from somebody who confessed to this robbery. Yeah, but here Heard admits like oh yeah, there is no harm to looking. Yeah, I suppose we could look and, and laugh that'll at be him fine. Again. Yeah, yeah, I've got a few more. And this is just me. this one sobering moment. Into like a oh yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. We should do that and not irrationally fear that everyone's going to make fun of us for some reason. <laughs> um, and then one fifty nine, the bottom paragraph. Although the new tower had been built just a few years back, and although its rooms had been furnished, it had it had been seldom occupied, save on the rare occasions when the Applegates had visitors from the city. The new caretaker employed to replace Robinson was a lazy and slovenly fella who did not bother to extend his duties to the tower. Knowing that the Applegates seldom went near that part of the mansion and realizing that any laxity in his duties in that respect would would scarcely be discovered. Uh, It came as a surprise to Herd Applegate then to find out that the new tower was dusty that the windows had not been cleaned, that there were cobwebs on the ceiling. So that's not at all in the in the new rewrite of the book where they have a lazy replacement for Mr. Robinson who doesn't clean the new tower. In, yeah. in, in the new book, it's just the rooms in the new tower had been furnished when it was built, but only on rare occasions when the Applegates had visitors were the rooms occupied, the owner stated. And that's it. There's no long paragraph about a lazy caretaker who decides yeah, that he doesn't have to clean guy? it because um, they don't go over there that often. It's just Rocco. He's <laughs> moonlighting. I clean it a window. <laughs> I clean it a window. Clean. I clean it with a grapefruit. <laughs> I, I rub some grapes on the drapes. <laughs> I use them on black hand. Now it's a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> that window's clean. Boom. Now it's a pizza. So they, they do the same the same search here. Uh, go to page 162. 162, you know I'm on it. Where at? There's a paragraph that starts with, The boys could say nothing. The boys could say nothing. They realized that the theory was probable, although in their hearts they found it hard to believe that their chum's father could have anything to do with the theft. They were deeply puzzled and tremendously disappointed, for they had been practically certain that the loot would be found. Now they saw that the only consequence of the whole affair was to involve Mr. Robinson more deeply than ever in the mystery. So what they're talking about here is that now Herd Applegate has doubled down on, well, it must be Robinson. Yeah. Jack Lee probably did hide the stuff here, but if it's not here, it's because Robinson was working with him. And he took it. And this is just that paragraph where the kids are like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have brought any of this up because now they just... Did we just screw ourselves? They're, yeah. Uh, not yeah, ourselves. I think so. Oh, did yeah. Did we just screw the Robinsons? Yeah. 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 Yeah, we did. Yeah. Oops. 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 Um, so then uh, we get to chapter 19. The mystery deepens. Now, how deep does this mystery get? Uh, on page 165, there's a paragraph that starts with strange. Go ahead. Ooh, uh, I'm guessing this is Fenton because it just said the detective. Strange, muttered the detective. 
I know Jacqueline wasn't lying. He had nothing to gain by deceiving me. Absolutely nothing. He was in real earnest. There you go. No, here's the line, yeah. He was in real earnest if ever a man was. Yeah, just a glowing yeah. review of like, <laughs> yeah. I know that the one clue we had to go on from this dying convicted criminal, yeah. this multi-time offender, uh, was was this clue that panned out to be absolutely yeah. nothing. He stole 69 red wigs, Mr. Morley's flower pot, killed 32 orphan children. Spe- but when I walked in the room, he said, wow, you're a great detective. Speaking of, of flowers, also oh, no. noticeably absent from this book is – well, they say they search the exterior of the tower. That's all they say. Not the bulbs? There's no bulbs. They make a whole chapter what? in Why the new book out of – what you say? Why would you add that? Right. They make a whole <laughs> chapter out of digging holes and finding boxes – uh, yeah. that, that have <laughs> bulbs in them. And that then like one chapter, they needed someone to write it really forms. quick. So they're like, uh, do you know anyone that writes? No, my neighbor's a florist. Maybe he could write this chapter. Yeah, he did a great job. Yeah. He's a bulbman. Is that all right? He's a bulbman, yeah. But that whole thing of like finding a chest and there's like a, oh no, I like I stuck the shovel in and I found seat. a chest. Yeah. That a doesn't ex- at all exist. So we don't know that Robinson is a is a floral enthusiast yeah. or what have you. What a uh an amateur florist. Yeah. So they 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 finish this and uh let's see here. Page 166, the second paragraph, start there and read on. Um let's see. It does look rather bad, Mr. Hardy admitted. One couldn't blame Applegate very much for thinking Robinson found the stuff after it was hidden and made away with it. Robinson wouldn't do that, (laughs) cried Joe. He's too honest. I don't think he would do it either. But sometimes, if a man is in need of money and temptation is placed in his way, he gives in. Yeah. Yeah, that's good advice. That's... uh, Hardy, Hardy's throwing some wisdom <laughs> yeah. out here, some truth bombs. Yeah. Of just no matter what you may think, when a man's up against the wall, oof, oh, yeah. he'll do anything. Yeah. Don't, a little greedy. He, you may think he's honest, but if I had $900 in front of me and some, if I had some jewels and bonds. So, does this go against everything he just said about Jackley, though? Because wasn't that man, wasn't Jackley kind of in need? So he's just. No, Jackley was just a thief for, for fun, for like sport. He was a professional, not a professional, but he was a. Yeah. Uh, he was a thief who, as as we find later, the spoiler alert. Or no, not spoiler. It was in his confession. He was saying, like, you know, he came, he tried to hold up the ticket booth. Yeah. It failed, and then he hung around town for a few days until he pulled off the tower robbery. So he was just looking to do a crime. Okay. And when one didn't work out, he found one that did. Yeah. Uh, but they're saying that Robinson wasn't in this for sport. He was desperate. He was desperate. And that's desperate why he man. did this. Okay. Um, so this is now starting to pile on where Fenton's starting to lean over. And even the boys are starting to think, like, yeah, it, the evidence does sort of point to Robinson. Um, and they're, they're still like, no, he's an honest man. But now every time it's like, he's an honest man. But all the evidence points to him being involved, yeah. which it doesn't. The evidence hasn't changed. Right. It's just that one clue didn't pan out. Um, 
page 166 uh, was second paragraph on. Uh, 167. Start with Policeman Con Riley. Policeman Con Riley was ambling along Main Street in the morning sunshine, swinging his club with the air of a man without a care in the world. When he saw the boys, he frowned, for there was no love lost between the Hardys and the Bayport Police Department. Well, he grunted, I hear you got the stuff back. I wish we had, said Frank. What? said the constable, brightening up at once. You didn't get it? I thought it said in the paper this morning that this fellow Jackley told you where he had hidden it. He did. <laughs> and you can't find it? Ho, ho! Conriley indulged in a hearty laugh. What a fine detective your father is! Didn't Jackley say the stuff was hidden in the old tower? What more does he want? Our father didn't search for the stuff! resorted Frank. We did! <laughs> and it wasn't there! Jackley must have made a mistake! It wasn't there! exclaimed Riley in a high delight. That's a good one! <laughs> That's the best I've heard in years! <laughs> he chuckled <laughs> and slapped his knee. A That's slap. a knee slap. Jackley put a good one over on your father that time. Oh, ho, ho, ho. The stuff wasn't there. And then he wiped the tears from his eyes and went on his way, skipping in the sunshine. <laughs> so finish this page. It's just some exposition here now. But this is an entirely different, like, town that is starting oh. to exist. Yeah, uh, That didn't exist in the, in the new book. Riley wiped the tears from his eyes and went on his way. Trying. I like that it's trying to laugh. Like, <laughs> he's not laughing. Well, he's just he, really trying. Trying to laugh. And at the same time, oh, sorry. Uh, he's I, re- on his way I did trying that same to laugh exact thing. And at the same time, retain his dignity as an officer of the law. The joke, he decided, was too good to keep as he proceeded back towards the police station, there to edify Chief Colleague and Detective Smuff with the tale. He buttonholed various pass. <laughs> He buttonholed various passers-by and poured the story into their willing ears. <laughs> it was not long before the yarn had spread throughout the city with that swiftness peculiar to stories spread by word of mouth. And in the telling, the story was exaggerated, the net effect being that Fenton Hardy was made to look ridiculous by believing a false confession. So... Policeman Con Riley is walking back to the station to tell Smuff and colleague, <laughs> yeah. but keeps stopping people walking by and he's like, "Hey, uh, a criminal confessed <laughs> uh, to you know Fenton Hardy, the detective, the great detective." Yeah, he yeah, told him where this. treasure was, but it wasn't there, <laughs> and Fenton believed him. What an idiot, right? And then he walks on a little further and stops <laughs> again. He's like, hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey, you. Come here. Fenton come Hardy. Here. You know Fenton Hardy? The te- like, what a weird thing that this <laughs> d- this policeman is walking through the town spreading news about this. Which, again, is the same thing that the police were criticized for of like, oh, you believed there was a bomb? Yeah. And what happened here was a convicted criminal confessed to a crime after being linked directly to the crime. Yep. And said, I left it in the old tower and so they checked where he said 
And now everyone's making fun of him because they checked you idiot. where this dude confessed. You the didn't stuff get your servants to do it? Well, I think that's what it is. Well, he got his boys to do it, but they're making fun of him for believing yeah. that it was there as though the right move would be like, well, he said it's in the old tower, but we're not going to look. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't believe him. He's probably, he's probably pulling my leg. Well, did he seem earnest? Well, probably one of the most earnest people I've ever met. Yeah, you probably shouldn't believe him, though. Probably he was earnest, that but he was scared stupid. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Big callback. Hey, um, Top 10. So then page 169, there's nice. a... Uh, it says, uh, it'll be our turn to laugh. Do you see this? Middle of the page somewhere? Stand by. Uh, it'll be our turn to laugh, is what it says. Uh, it was the last sentence of paragraph. Sorry. I hope they find that stuff when they search the towers again, added Joe. Then the people will have to eat crow. It'll be our turn to laugh. It's just getting a little dark. What? A little spiteful. Why are they eating crows? Uh, I think that's, that's good an meat expression. Too. I. This is uh, more of their strange remember, animals. Boys, <laughs> when people are bad, they eat crow. Eating two crows <laughs> in your hand is better than eating one crow near a bush. Boys. Oh, oh. Also, boys. Also, boys. You still there? I got you more still? bird things. I got more bird <laughs> things to say. Are you still uh, birds? Guys? Boys? Birds? A wingless bird <laughs> is a flightless plane. <laughs> Dad, what does that even mean? Oh. Cocaine is wonderful. Um, <laughs> I'm a scat man. Skippy dippy dop. Yes, agreed, Frank. But uh, but just now, our laughter seems to be in a far distant <laughs> future. Uh, and start with uh, when they returned home there. Take us two paragraphs yes. in. When they returned home, they found that Fenton Hardy had been busy in the meantime and had convinced Hurt Applegate that a thorough search of the towers would be advisable. True, he had not accomplished this without a great deal of opposition on the part of Adelia and without misgivings on the part of Hurd Applegate himself, who had by that time come to the conclusion that Robinson had indeed been mixed up in the affairs all along. In this conviction, he was sustained by Chief Kalik, who had paid a call at the Applegate home as soon as Kalik had told him of the vain search of the towers. So mm. here they're starting to say that – so this happened in the, in the first book of like after, after these searches – Heard Applegate was like, I think Robinson did it, and the chief agrees with me. And yeah. we we ha took pause there, and we're like, wait, why would the police believe you? Like, nothing has changed. Yeah, they why are they suddenly anything. saying that that Robinson is involved? Why yeah. are they? You thought he did it too. But now in this old version, it makes a lot of sense because the police are like spitefully opposed to Fenton Hardy. Yeah. Where it's not like they're working together in the new book, and that's why it's like, wait, 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 why are you guys going on Robinson all of a sudden? Whereas in this old book, it's like, oh, yeah, it totally makes sense that you think Robinson did it because you just are on board with hating Fenton, Fenton and, Hardy, and wanting yeah. him to fail. Uh, I like that. I like this little uh, dynamic between Fenton and the police. Yeah, the, the whole thing is a, a strange, different dynamic. Go to page 170. 
Start in the middle of a page with uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, do we know who's speaking? No. Nice. I'll take better notes next time. Maybe. Maybe. I think he was too smart for you, Mr. Hardy. And everybody else thinks so, too. It was all a hoax. I'll believe that after I've searched the towers inside and out. Well, go ahead. Go as far as you like. But I don't think you'll find that treasure. And with that, Mr. Hardy fell asleep. With that, Mr. Hardy was content. He made preparations for a search of the towers, although Adelia Applegate flatly declared that the detective was making a laughing stock of her and her brother, and that if this nonsense continued, she would leave the tower mansion forever and carry out her off-expressed intention of going to one of, of the South Sea Islands as a missionary. Yeah. <laughs> what? And then, and then take Why this, would she leave? Take this last little tag there, then. In spite... Protestations? 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 In spite of the protestations of the worthy lady of the worthy lady, however, the search was carried out. The old tower was visited first, and for the greater part of the following morning, the so, place what the, just, what the hell is protestations? I think I've it's, never heard it's that like word. another like protests. Like in spite of her protests. Oh, in spite of her protest protestations. <laughs> Um, but I just like how I'm they protestation the protestations <laughs> of the worthy lady. I don't know why the narrator is choosing to be like worthy lady. Yeah, look at that. That just seems like heard a strange... Applegate himself and the worthy lady. Yeah, that's actually that's a good name for a book. Heard Applegate himself and the worthy, the worthy lady. lady. It's a good name for a band. It is. Yeah, <laughs> little, little two piece. Um, uh, and then so one seventy two. They're doing the search of the uh, whole grounds together now, and again, finding nothing but tapping on things and doing all that. Uh, 172, top of the page. Someone else may have found it. That's the only explanation I can think of. Who else... See, I don't know who this is. I'm just going to go with that voice. Who else could have taken it but Robinson? To this, Mr. Hardy was silent. In spite of his knowledge of and liking for the man, he was beginning to suspect that the caretaker may have had a hand in the affair after all. Yeah, so we're just, again, quickly yeah. flipping, it seems, yeah. on Robinson. And and in the other book, there was more of a, like, hang on. Yeah. Like, I I'm get, I get that other people are man. thinking that. Yeah. But just give me another minute. I, I, we can figure this out. I know in my heart of hearts that that's not how how it happened. But in this old book, they're not giving him that. I mean, they gave him the benefit of the doubt for a while, and now they're just giving him doubt. Yeah. Um, so, bummer. Yeah. So uh, the chapter ends. Uh, how? Let's see. Uh, and there, the mystery remained deeper than it had ever been. Is the last line. But uh, let's see. I can't understand it. Admitted the detective. I could have sworn that Jackley was in earnest when he made that confession. He knew he was near death and that he had nothing to gain by concealment. I can't understand it all. <laughs> and there the mystery remained deeper than it had ever been. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's yeah, a deep we're mystery. Just sitting, we're just sitting with some yeah. mystery here. We're stooling in mysteries. Um, deep, deep mysteries. So this brings us to chapter 20. The Flash and the Tower. Uh, and we've got three more chapters that I did here. I, I did 20, 21, and 22 here yet. Nice. Um, I wanted to see if you wanted to pause for a moment and Ooh. you prepared a segment or if you wanted to save that segment for the end. Uh, you know what? Let's just let's dive into the segment. Let's dive in. So, two weeks ago, we talked about Amazon purchases. What is our our Amazon history? Yes, of things that not are not our purchases, but things we've browsed for but did not purchase. Yeah, and why? As a little window into our lives, uh, and you were reading some interesting books about uh, the origin of religion. Yes, um, which, by the way, it, it occurred to me afterwards. Um, I thought I would recommend to you, there's a book by a guy named Michael Behe, B-E-H-E, okay. called Darwin's Black Box. Oh, and I've heard of that. So so Darwin wrote The Origin of Species, yeah. which is like the basis for evolution. He studied some finches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this book called Darwin's Black Box by Michael Behe talks about what Darwin didn't know. And what he didn't know was about... Uh, cells and how complicated a cell was and Darwin used eyes as the example of like there must be evolution because you can have a photosensitive cell Mm -hmm. which then can tell if there's light or dark and that can help you and then as you evolve for another million years maybe you get two and then you can tell which direction the light is coming from by you know which, and mm-hmm. then you start to develop a lens over it, and and then you can move it around and sense color, and and so then we get to the human eye, which yeah. is you know at the the far end of that spectrum, or or a dog's eye, or you know, someone who can see better than us, and he's saying that beyond like that's what Darwin said, so there must be evolution. And what Michael Bay he says is you have to look at the chemical reaction that takes place for you to see. It's this chemical reaction that's occurring however many hundreds of thousands of times a second to yeah. give you this perfect view. <clears throat> and what has to happen is so complicated, and it's like this seven-step process that has to reset itself thousands of times a second. His argument is like, that can't be by chance. You can't just suddenly evolve that crazy complicated thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going to start coughing more. Um, so his, his book is like, rather than look at these big picture changes, <coughs> how do these complicated sciences come to be? Yeah. And maybe that's why we, we start to think religion. But So he says things must be explained by either a, a divine being or time travelers or something. Oh, and he gets into some strange stuff, but it's, yeah. it's an interesting book. I don't know if I still have it, but I would recommend it. I'm putting that in my Amazon cart. <laughs> As we speak, Darwin's Black I'm going to keep coughing said. obnoxiously this whole time. Sorry. I like your coughs. I think they're very attractive. Darwin's... Darwin's Black Box. Black Box. Michael Behe. Dude, that's a great name. <laughs> yes. Behe. B-E-H-E. There he is. Boom. Added. Um. So when so, you so ask th- me what's in my cart that I didn't buy, that's the most recent. Look at that. Good to know. Having it live. Uh, so as far as my small little segment that yes. I was thinking of, uh, I'm thinking, and I don't know if this is a good one, but it's called Three Minute Mystery. Ooh. And Three Minute Mystery is you and I 
going on to Instagram, looking at Brett Hoy's most recent Instagram post, and using either the photo that's posted or whatever he captioned it as, and we have to turn that into a Hardy Boys mystery. Okay. <laughs> I'm 100% in. And I have not looked at Brett Hoy's uh, Instagram at all I'm in gonna, the past couple days, and I have not prepared for this. I'm going to look at it. So we will pull this up. Only Brett Hoy. Uh, do you want to set a timer for... Oh, my God, Brett, you've given us a gift. <laughs> so, so three minutes on the clock uh, starting now. Uh, it's a shot of two Bretts standing next to a window in location pretentious. The only Brett Hoy and the only Brett Hoy shot by the only Brett Hoy and the only Brett Hoy's home for a new film, The Only Brett Hoy. So th- this is a still he did, uh, a screenshot from something he's working on where he's lighting something very moody. But when you look at this photo, it's a contemplative seated Brett Hoy and then an additional <laughs> standing contemplative So what do you, what do you think this, this is? Is this something to do with genetically cloned Brett Hoys? Or is this a time travel situation? I think where neither. Where multiple Hoys. What do you think? Of? I think neither. I think this is similar to uh, the prestige. Oh, okay. Where okay, there, I like this. There are two the Bretts. There's two there's, Bretts. There's yeah. twins, and these two Bretts are are working together because there's no way that the man that is Brett Hoy can do as much as Brett Hoy does, that can create right. as much as Brett Hoy does, that can do as many voices as, as Brett, Brett Hoy, Hoy does, does. Unless there's two people Unless there were training. two where one so is just practicing one while the other is performing. And one's doing, yeah, one's doing all this book work and studying while the other one is trying to get more creative. You have any idea how many hours Brett Hoy puts into uh, analyzing long, thoughtful films? Yeah. Uh, it's a lot. No human being could do that. You can't, you can't consume that much content. that's the only thing you were doing. I was with him and some other producers uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And anything that came up... Brett could talk at length about like we were talking about movies and he had thoughtful analysis on them and then they were talking about albums and any album that came up he's yeah. like well I liked it not as much as his third album but and like knew everything and how yeah. else can you do that unless you how have, do you have the time brother unless you're taking shifts yeah. consuming and presenting I like that now if this was a Hardy Boys book what would this one be called I think it well if we've got the uh the missing chums is book 4. Yeah. I think it would be the extra chum. Ooh, chum on chum. Bonus chum. <laughs> um, the extra chum. I like this so we're at our we're at our 3 minutes. I like this segment. Yeah. I would like to open it up. I like Brett Hoy. Oh, we'll definitely open it up. But we yeah, can choose any random person, any any random one of our patrons. But we can. Oh, we'll only do it with patrons. I mean, uh, see, it's going to be it's three a, people. It's a, <laughs> I mean, three thousand. Thank you. Yeah, it's a, it's a growing. It's it's three and counting. Uh, like sure, the graph doesn't uh, okay. have a, a steep right. curve right no, now. We should not let anyone know ahead of time, so this way they don't try and throw us curveballs. Good thing is people don't know when we record too. Yeah. So so, yeah. so we're in a good spot here. Yeah. Um, but alas. well, thank you, Brett, for uh, taking part in our very first three-minute mystery. Um, uh, chum on or chum. Or should we say thank you, Bretts? Bretts. Oh, look at that working in there. The chum on chum. Wait, <laughs> chum on chum. Anyway, if someone wants to draw that for us, our chum on chum Brett Hoy Hardy Boys books, 
That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. And it'd be cool to actually have little mock posters for these. Yeah. <laughs> but doing it weekly would, would blow. But I don't know. If you we guys want to, maybe, maybe at the end of the year, we'll choose the 12 best and make a calendar. I was going to say, we could just do a Fiverr gig to have sketches done of his Instagram <laughs> posts. <laughs> Not a bad idea. I've had worse ideas than that. <laughs> Someone give us money. We'll do One it. of them turned into a podcast. <laughs> um, the Flash in the Tower. The Flash in the Tower. So, so this is akin to the chapter. Uh, da, 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 a, not a surprise. An unexpected find. Um, a startling deduction. Uh, oh, okay, which is chapter eighteen. In the new book is chapter twenty, a flash in the tower, and interestingly, so so b- before we get to the flash in the tower, which is a, that photo that is the cover of of the new book, yeah, this is the flash in the tower, uh, chapter twenty, uh, page one seventy four, one seventy four should be the first page, yeah, uh, second paragraph. Let's meet Iola. Um. Oh no. Iola, yeah. a plump, dark girl, was a sister of Chet Morton and had achieved the honor of being about the only girl Joe Hardy had ever con- conceded to be anything but an unmitigated nuisance. Joe Whoa. not into girls. Joe not into girls. Why is she? What, what do they mean by Go on. a dark girl, Go on. too? I, I think that just means that. She's just tan? It probably. Is Chet? The Darkman? Uh, I think as, as dark as any white person would be at okay. this time. I didn't know what's going on here. Uh, Joe, who was shy in the presence of girls, okay, preferred a lofty scorn for all members of the other sex, particularly those in high school age, but had once grudgingly admitted that Iola Morton was all right for a girl. This from him was high praise. Dude, she's all right for a girl, but if she was a guy, she'd be hot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Have you heard what's happened? Asked Kali as they met the boys near the school entrance. Uh, School called off for two days? Asked Joe eagerly. Oh, so we're back to that. That's two days. Yeah. Yeah. So we're here. So we're just looking at the Joe. Um, And I always think, okay, so Joe is not like Frank. Frank's a ladies' man. All up on Kali. Joe, uh... Likes plump girls, kind of, not fully. It's it's his least, it's his least uh, disliked girl. <laughs> and I was trying to see here. Girls are yucky. Um, this is worth it to me to find. I'm trying to find. Oh, here we go. Uh, by Chet's younger. This is the new book. Uh, the young people were greeted at the door of the Morton Farmhouse by Chet's younger sister Iola, dark haired and pretty. Joe Hardy thought she was quite the nicest girl in Bayport High and dated her regularly. Oh. So, bit of a rewrite. They didn't talk about her weight. They didn't say she's skinny. Yeah. So, it's not a full she's on. She's pretty. Yeah. You can switch, be, but, she's but, a plump, pretty but, girl. Yeah. Uh, interesting that they would decide to remove plump. Yeah. Um, but. Well, dark skinned and plump is gone. Or they just said dark and plump in the original. Oh. And they went on to say dark haired and pretty. In the new okay, version. Yeah. Man, that's sad. Uh, also, yeah, Joe being more of a ladies' man in the new one. I like this shy Joe who's just like, I don't really care about girls. They're fine, whatever. He's trying to be a detective. I just want to be a detective. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's well, a waste dad's of time. not a girl. Dad's my hero. 
And I yeah, want to date dad. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go on a car ride with yeah. dad. Dibs on dad. <laughs> um, so on page 175, this is where they say, well, Mr. Robinson's been arrested again. Um, that, yeah. that Chief Gallag. And Callie here gives a ton of information about what happened and how they heard what. And Whoa. like Callie knows every. Like, I think there's like two or three paragraphs. We don't have to read them all. But. Callie is is dishing it out. She is in the know. She was over at the Robinsons talking to uh, Polly and Tessa and got all this scoop, I guess. But then wow, we get uh, da, 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 page 177. So reluctantly enough. Start there. So reluctantly enough, the boys were forced to admit that they were facing a stone wall. This also was the conclusion of Fenton Hardy. Boys, boys, you're hitting a stone wall. I'm trying to think of a good pun there. When they talked to him at lunch that day. Yeah. What is Fenton Hardy doing at the high school lunch? (laughs) (laughs) I I went back several times and read this to try to see if, like, it was the next day, if it was Saturday, if I somehow missed it. The boys are forced to admit that they were facing the stone wall. This is the conclusion of Fenton Hardy. I'm just picturing They talked to him at lunch that day. (laughs) I'm just picturing him, like, pulled up, sitting backwards on a chair, just like, hey, boys. (laughs) You want to introduce me to your classmates? I'm the cool dad. Yeah, I disagree. Cool dad. Da, 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 da. Although whatever, although life is a great game, I think Donkey Kong is the greatest <laughs> game. Donkey Kong stinks. Uh, you stink. Fiddlesticks. So, uh, 178. Next page. 178. 178. All of it. All of it. I have 178, all of it written. Um, I'm going to carry us over because it carries over. Um... Unless the loot is found, put in Joe. Yes, unless the loot is found. That is his only hope. But I don't think there's much a chance of that. By the and, way, th- this is this is the boys all talking. They're back with Tony and Phil. Oh, uh, so the gang's all back together. Gang's together. Um, unfortunately, we don't get any real lines. There's no Tony Preto goodness oh, here. Bummer. Um, there's just a couple just things. Good exposition. But, but so that's who's talking right now is the boys. And there, the mystery of the Tower Mansion rested for the time being. Oh, man. The arrest of Mr. Robinson furnished a sensation for a day or so, and then the case receded into the background. Whoa. The newspapers finding other things to become more excited about. But for the Robinsons, it was, naturally enough, a matter of supreme moment. Perry Robinson paid a call at the Hardy home, pleading with the great detective to continue his efforts to clear the accused man. Oh, my God. All right, hang on a sec. In that first part, it seems to imply that a lot of time is passing. Yeah. Like, once again, I talked about J.K. Rowling and her pace. Three years later sort of situation. Yeah, but it's just like this, this happened, the arrest and stuff, and then... People are moving on. The newspaper is talking about other things. Like, time is passing and nothing is happening other than Mr. Robinson is in jail. Yeah. Um, And we we even get another thing in the beginning of the next chapter, which is even more so than this. Um, But but, but go on. We're we're with. uh, Mr. Hardy was sympathetic, but as he said, he was facing a stone wall. Remember what I said about the stone wall? I've done all I can, my boy, <laughs> he explained to the grief-stricken lad. 
if there was anything more I could do, I would do it. But there are no more clues. If Red Jackley's confession couldn't clear up the affair, then nothing else could. I'm afraid... He left the sentence unfinished. Do you mean my father would go to jail? I wouldn't say that. But you must be prepared to face the worst. Yeah. Whoa. 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 <laughs> yeah. Is my father going to go to jail? And he says yeah, I'm not going to say that, but whoa, 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 I'm, I'm yeah. not going to say that. Yeah, but, but yeah. <laughs> be prepared for the worst. Yeah. He's going to die. <laughs> He's going to rot in that prison, son. Yeah. But, but maybe not. Your dad's going to get stabbed <laughs> and get an infection. And they're not going to be able to treat it with our modern medicine. We're not going to get He's penicillin dead. for another 40 <laughs> yeah. years. Sorry, go on. Poor guy. He didn't do it, said Perry <laughs> dogedly. I know you have confidence in him, but the law looks only at the facts. Many an innocent man uh, has been convicted on less evidence. Yeah. What is the state Whoa. of our what yeah. is the state of our judicial yeah. system if at this point it's already like now we go back with DNA evidence yeah. and we're like, oh, these people Wait. are it is like the Innocence Project, like they're doing amazing work exonerating these people who have been convicted for crimes Falsely, they did not yeah. do on bad evidence. This is the twenties, and they're basically saying, like, well, the criminal justice system is it's, a joke. It's not very good. It's it's it, you, you, if you, she you, can float <laughs> She's a witch. But if she drowns, she was not a witch. But she is dead, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. But we got her out. <laughs> she, she died non-witch. It's important asterisk, the non-witch. This is 1920s police work. <laughs> Throw them in the lake. Let's see. We've got all these facts on one side. And over here, we've got my hunch. Let's go with the hunch. Because a good brunch starts with a great hunch. Go on. Go on down the page. Uh, it will kill her. <laughs> it will kill my mother. Mr. Hardy was silent. I don't know what to do, said Perry. I'll do anything to save him. But there's nothing. There is nothing any of us can do now. Unless by some lucky chance the loot is recovered. That would clear everything up, of course. But in the meantime, we just have to wait and hope. And, and you can't do anything more, Mr. Hardy. A detective is not a miracle man, my boy. Yeah, that's a, Hardy that's a good like. admission there. Yeah, I like that. Detective is not a miracle man. I'm not a miracle man. Uh, he is only a man who is trained in tracing criminals. Skip down to the paragraph that starts with uh, Perry saying, uh, we all thank you very much. We all thank you very much. By the way, this you've done the same voice for all the boys today. <laughs> and I don't know if it's related, but my next door neighbors were outside in their backyard for a while and now oh, no. they're not. So I don't know. 
I don't know if it's this voice that forced them it inside. Scared them. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's a piercing yes, voice. It dude. is a indeed piercing. It, it is a very piercing. We may I, issue I, an apology at the end of the episode yeah, for our listeners. Enjoy those spike levels. I'm going to have sir. to tweak the EQ a little bit to protect <laughs> yeah. our listeners' speakers. Anyways, we all thank you very much. We, we all thank you very much to Mr. Artie. He said huskily. That wasn't very husky the way I said it. Don't think I've been ungrateful by coming here and asking you to do more. I guess I didn't realize just how hopeless it is. It isn't hopeless exactly. Don't think that. There's always hope, you know. But But be prepared for the worst. Is it, what? Your father will die. <laughs> <laughs> this this constant roller coaster of like, don't give up hope, but be prepared. But be hopeless because it's gonna be as bad as you can imagine. It's not hopeless exactly. Prepare for the worst. Yeah. Nice. Nice contradiction. Um. So skip on over to page one eighty. Eighty eighty. Next page there. Uh. There's a paragraph that starts with perhaps. Perhaps. Perhaps something will turn up yet. Joe and I aren't going to lie down on the job now. There isn't much we can do, but we'll have our eyes open for more clues, if there are any. Perry Robinson shrugged his shoulders dispiritedly. I guess there isn't much use now. I can't can't understand you. But I appreciate it. (laughs) I'm sitting across from you, and I don't know what you're saying. (laughs) It's unintelligible. Uh, I guess guess it's time to kill the voice. (laughs) I guess there isn't much use now, he said. But I appreciate it of you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, When he went away, the Hardy Boys watched him going down the front yard. He does have gorgeous legs. (laughs) His careful stride. I'm sorry. His carefree stride was gone. And instead, he walked mechanically as though in a daze. Yeah. Yeah. And just imagine robotic noises. Like, they're just like, is Perry real? Well, speaking of robots, this yeah. is the same yes, time yes, when, yes, yes, yes. when they find themselves just walking. Oh, this the, is the gaze. The, the, oh, no, this isn't where Joe gaze. This no, is no, just no. a random This walk. is when they're just walking and they find themselves drawn back to the mansion. That's right. They're just walking and yeah. they find that they've walked to the mansion. Yeah. Uh, and this is where the light shines down on them from the tower. Again, the cover photo or cover illustration from the new book. <clears throat> um. So, uh, start with uh, on page one eighty one. Yes, 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 yes. Don't yes. let Adelia see. Don't let her see you. Don't let Adelia see you. Uh, it's just over halfway okay. down. Don't let Adelia see you, or she'll come after you with a broomstick. <laughs> Chuckle, Frank. Gee, but she's a tartar. She's a tartar. <laughs> <laughs> so I looked up some of the. Uh, the history, the, the is it the epidemiology of, of calling someone a tartar? Yeah, and Lisa Tartar Binks. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, a 
it, it's rooted. It, it, it means oh, like no. abrasive. Oh, okay. That's like like guess. abrasive and rough. Um, and it it's rooted in there was the Tartars were a tribe in Mongolia, one of the five tribes. Yeah. Uh, in uh, Middle Ages, uh, Asia. Yeah. And then they settled in France, and it became an ethnic group in France called the Tartars. Um, so while it just basically <laughs> means like aggressive and abrasive, yeah, it is still technically racist, racist that yeah. they've included towards Mongolians. This. Now. Yes, um, and it is oh, also the same namesake as tartar sauce, which is named after the it's it's a French sauce um, named after that French ethnic group. Really, um, just how you would say so it's, tartar it, sauce is Mongolian sauce, deeply rooted. It's after they. Moved, moved to France, to France, but maybe that was an old recipe that they brought over to France. Very well, could have been um, the but history then, of tartar sauce. Yeah, wow. So, in the same way that we would say like Italian dressing or French dressing, tartar sauce is just another one of those. Yeah, but to call someone a tartar is to call someone French as an insult. Like, what are you French? Yeah. Like, what do you? Well, she can't even fight. You're clearly she's French. She's a tartar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. That's the history of that word. I, I had to look it up because I was interested well, that, in... that's actually good. What that, is a tartar? I imagine it being a little bit worse than that. Yeah. And uh, I think you could squint and bad. find it pretty bad. Yeah, it's still bad, but it's better than what I expected. Yeah, I think the fact that it means like rude and abrasive and not stupid yeah, means a lot. Yeah. For some reason, that's better. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a relief to me. Um, so... Uh, uh, 182. Yes, yes, yes. Um, may I read 182? You definitely may. Um, and in this, uh, um, in the old stone tower, he had seen a flash of light. Now this flash was followed by another. That's queer, muttered Frank. So they're sneaking around in the yard here. What can it mean? The light disappeared. Then all of a sudden it flashed out and downward in the direction of the lads. Just mm. like on the uh, cover of the book. Yeah. Must be looking for us, gasped Joe, and started to get behind a bush. It's Adelia, and she has a big flashlight, came a moment later from Frank. What do you know about that? <laughs> so they make this whole cliffhanger in the first book out of, like, this light's shining on them. Someone's in the tower. And yeah. they find out later that it was Adelia was up there with a flashlight. But it's this whole thing where they crouch down, and then Herd Applegate finds them with a police dog. With a dog, yeah. Yeah. And, like, then they, like, he, he, they were just trying to really the dog amp back away. up in this new rewrite. Yeah. It just didn't make any sense. But then we have, so it's Adelia, and she has a big flashlight came a moment later from Frank. What do you know about that? She's looking for the treasure herself, cried Joe. Huh. And after all she said about our looking being nothing but foolishness. They saw the woman gaze out of the window for a few seconds. In one hand, she held the flashlight. For a moment, she turned the light into her own face, and the boys <laughs> saw that there was a look of utter disgust. And I'm she just picturing herself. Well, like, how bad do you have to be with a flashlight? I'm picturing her like fumbling and like, oh no, I, it's shining in my face. And to say that that for a moment she shined the light in her own face, and the boys saw the look of utter disgust. Yeah. It also could be the look of, oh, my God, <laughs> I'm, I'm shining a flashlight in my eye. I'm not disgusted. Like, you could be having a great time. You shine a flashlight in your yeah. eye, and you do that, like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> Same face as disgust. Oh, oh. 
Oh, uh, she's old too. Those old corneas, dude. You just burned them up. And then this is one of my absolute favorite little gems. Uh, <laughs> the boy saw there was a look of utter disgust. Didn't find it, meaning the treasure. Yeah. Didn't find it, chuckled Joe. I'll bet a cookie. <laughs> but cookie here is Q-key? spelled C O O K I E, like it should be. Oh, wait, what? So when they rewrote <laughs> the book in 59, they changed it. To C-O-O-K-Y. That was not like a holdover from a time that once was. That was like, oh, and they spelled cookie wrong. Those (laughs) idiots. We'll fix it. Come on, let's get away before she spots us, returned his brother, and soon they were on their way. So they didn't even get caught this time, let alone by a dog and hurt Applegate. Um, And they were soon on their way. As they walked home, Frank and Joe talked the matter over. They smiled when they thought of the eccentric woman up in that dusty old tower. But their minds soon went back to Slim and the troubles of the Robinson family. Good. Yeah. Um, I'll give the book back to you here. This is my uh, penultimate chapter uh, that I covered. Um, but I so we, no we leave it with a lame cliffhanger of the boys just talking about uh, we, we simply must solve it. That was on the page before. Yeah. I turned it for you. Thank you. So page 184. 184. Uh, Give me those first two paragraphs. A new idea. A week passed, and still the loot was not recovered. Real quick. More time. Yeah. More time. Another another week has passed. Yeah. And Fenton Uh, was in New York for three weeks. Yeah. Or two weeks. Yeah. This has taken a while. This has been over a month easily. Uh, Now, hit me with the second paragraph here. Mr. Robinson had been held. Oh my God! Right? Mr. Robinson had been held for trial at early courts at an early court session. The general opinions in Bayport was that he would be sentenced to imprisonment. The fact that he still refused to tell where he had got the nine hundred dollars so near the time of the robbery weighed heavily against him. So, whoa! There was a trial. Yeah, he was held. He he already went to court. He wasn't just looking for jobs. Yeah. Um, and, and we did, again, get the same detail in the last chapter. We skipped it this time of where uh, Callie was like, Annie lost his new job. And we find out in that same moment that, oh, he, he had gotten another job. Yeah. But he lost but it. He lost it. Yeah. So that same yeah. thing happened. But now he's been uh, he's he's had a trial. Whoa. Um, so 185, we start to have this whole thing. Another big confrontation between uh, the police and detectives. Um, let's see. I took bad notes at this part because I started eating Taco Bell. <laughs> um, started colleague's song of triumph. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, started uh, yeah, at the very top. I told you so. Was the burden of Chief Colleague's song of triumph? I knew all the time that Robinson was the man. I arrested him right after the robbery, but they. Uh, but they all said it couldn't be him, so I let him go. But I knew all the time it couldn't be anyone else. Ain't that so, Smuff? And the loyal Smuff would dutifully chime in with, Yes, Chief, we have to hand it to you. You had the right man all the time. I guess these professional detectives won't think they're so smart after all, eh, Smuff? So that's the big difference. I feel like that's the whole difference between the relationship is in this old book it's police mm-hmm. versus detectives where they're doing yeah. these generalizations like i guess detectives are stupid after all yeah. 
And in the new I book, I told you they were dumb. I told you it was Robinson. In the new book, they're like calling on Fenton Hardy. Fenton Hardy's allowed to go back to the New York Police Department yeah, and look through, help, files. look through files. Yeah. yeah, but but this is clearly the the opposite. Yeah, um, that private eyes are actually burdens. And then the one eighty five, bottom of the page. On the following Saturday, Frank and Joe decided to take an outing. Well, I want to get out of the city for a few hours, said Frank. We've been so busy worrying about the Tower Mansion case that we've forgotten how to play. Let's take the motorbikes and go out for a run. Good idea, his brother replied. Mother will make us some lunch. So, couple things here. Yes, yes. Uh... There, so this is when they go out on their motorcycles and and begin a search that we know how it ends, but they're uh, not going out on a detective mission. Yeah, they're, they're going, going out, out to, to clear kids. their heads. Yeah, yeah. They they've been so wrapped up in this case. So in the in I the just new need book, some me time. In the new book, they're like, let's go talk to railroad people, and in this one, it's just like, you know what? Let's, let's just go. Yeah, spoon, man. yeah. I'm tired of this. I'm tired yeah. of. I'm I'm 15 and I'm I'm working so hard. Yeah, I need a break. I need. I got I got four days off this quarter <laughs> and I'm taking them. We're gonna go for a nice ride. Yeah, we're gonna do a ride. We're gonna get a lunch. Um, and then we get. Give me the the very top, the first paragraph of 186. Yes. Mrs. Hardy, who was in the kitchen with her cook, smart. Oh my. Yeah, God. that's it. <laughs> so the whole thing about Mrs. Hardy yeah. cooking and all that stuff. She's not making these great the sandwiches. Old, no, no, no. I'm they a little gotta, let down now. Yeah, I got a, I got a cook. I got a servant. Yeah, that uh, that cooks for me full time. Make my boys some food, please. Well, like, they're going on a detective adventure. <laughs> right, no, they're they're not. They're just hanging out. They're just hanging out now. Yeah. There you go. Um. Thank you. What rest. a bummer. Yeah. So. uh so I'm going to speed us along here a little bit. Yes. They go out for a ride. And they, they tell their mom they're going to you know, ride around uh, down the main highway that goes along the railroad tracks, and then they're going to cut over through town to Chet's farm, uh, and then they'll, they'll come back. And it'll just be a day of ride, and they'll stop and have some sandwiches at some point. Yeah. Um, and when they get to this big crossroad where there's actually two railroad tracks that cross each other, and there's a road that follows the other one, mm-hmm. and they weren't going to go down this road. Um, and so if you look on page 188, yep. uh, there's something about uh, the Bayport and Coast. Yeah, give me that right there. The Bayport and Coast. Why, that's the railway that Red Jackley used to work for. Don't you remember Dad telling us that? His first crime was stealing a freight from the road. Yeah. So, oh, that, yeah, that's just like, hey, we're driving s- around. Whoa, isn't that the place Jackley used to work? Yeah. So this is all completely not. There, there was no. Yeah. What was it, Mike Halley, who the Reisman? Who the Reisman is not in this. Not in this. They're just they're just going along. Spoiler alert! They're they're about to to what? pull over because there's trees down this side road, and they yeah. figure they can stop and eat lunch in some shade because on the main highway there wasn't a lot of shade and there were too many cars. Yeah. So I mean, you yeah, know, you don't no, want highway hubris. No, Mike Halley. No, Man. no other guys. Yeah. Who were who they like sent them, you know, because they visited like three places and they, they yeah. just kept following struck the next out, clue. Struck out, struck out, sort yeah. of situation. Um, so, uh, page 190. Almost. There we go. I couldn't get it. I couldn't get it. Uh, Frank took a bite. Oh, yeah. Not just a bite. Frank took a huge. Huge bite out of his sandwich and began to munch it thoughtfully. Still thoughtful munches. 
The sight of the two water stations had given him an idea, but at first it seemed to him to be too absurd for consideration. He was wondering whether he and his brother, or whether he should mention it to his brother. Then he noticed that Joe too was gazing thoughtfully down the rail, railway tracks. Joe ra- <laughs> Joe raised the sandwich to his lips absently, essayed a bite, and missed the sandwich altogether. Still, he continued gazing at the water towers. So they they pulled over to have lunch. Yeah, there was no Mike Holly. There was no anyone. But they see these two towers. Yeah, and they're eating. But the interesting thing here to me, it's fascinating that they rewrote it this way because here in the original, they're eating their sandwiches. Yeah, and he doesn't even finish his sandwich. For whatever reason, in the new book. They had written that they ate and finished their sandwiches and had started eating a cookie, and it was the cookie that he he missed taking a bite of. And I'm just trying to think of why. Like, why did it have to be the cookie? Well, n- like, yeah. What, why did you what have to author add that? is rewriting this and being like, <laughs> I think he should have finished the sandwich. Yeah. What if, well, do you have any notes? Well, yeah, he should have finished that sandwich. His he mom should have had a cookie. It. Yeah. <laughs> That's no a, dessert. He's missed a bite of a sandwich. What are you stupid? <laughs> yeah. Does he miss the bite of the cookie in the other one? Yeah, it's, yeah, the, it's okay, the cookie it's the, that he's, he's yeah. raising to his it's mouth. The cookie. Thinner. It's easier to miss. So who's gonna miss? A so bite not only of did they, Sandy. not only did they wedge in <laughs> that cookie thing, but they also spelled it wrong. They did a bad job of of doing this cookie bit, which is just the strangest thing. But so I do think though, like. Instead of missing his mouth, it should have dropped, and then the the sandwich explodes like a glass, like it just breaks, like, like usual super, suspects. Yeah. <laughs> just dropping the, the coffee mug. Just... <laughs> You're like, how did that just happen? Was that porcelain? Yeah, is that, are they eating porcelain sandwiches? <laughs> oh, so, uh, so they they this you know this might be the place they they come to the conclusion. Yeah, um, which brings us to chapter twenty two. Oh my goodness gracious. The search. The search. Uh, and here in the search, uh, 193, top of 193. Yep. Uh, um, priorities is what I have. Prioritize. Priority? That was my note. Um, start with the top of. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. I don't know which one is talking, but it's just the two. I, of them. If only we have stumbled on the secret after all, Joe. It'll clear Mr. Robinson. We'll get the reward. Yeah, Dad will be proud of us. These yeah. thoughts, no. Yeah, that's yeah, that's their priorities. Yeah. We, w- we will clear the Robinsons, but also hey, money. Don't and forget about Dad's going to be proud yeah. of us. Yeah, like this is their entire life hey, summed Dad! up that they're for some reason saying aloud to each other. Yeah, um, as they're running toward. So the other missing thing here. Do you know what's missing? No. So that what's going to I'm going to tell you right now. What's going to happen is they're going to run down this hill. And they're going to go into the uh, old tower. Right. You know who never drives by? Smuff. Smuff. Because they weren't being followed. Like, they were being followed by Smuff as they did this detective mission. Yeah. And Smuff, like, almost found him out or something. The whole, like, I might have a clue. Yeah. That was all completely added in the new version. everything that's... We complained about that. I feel like everything we complained about was added. Yeah. I'm saying, like, save for the blatant racism. Well, yeah. <laughs> this is a pretty good book. Yeah. This is a, 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 an arguably better book uh, than I the new enjoy- one. I mean, there is uh, some wordage that I'm not very good at pronouncing because some of these word choices boggle my brain. But besides that, yeah. I love this book. Um, so uh, 195. Oh, yeah, baby. 
Give me the first two paragraphs. I'm going to give them to you. I'm going to give them to you. The upper part of the tank... I'm curious if this is filled with crowbars. The upper part of the tank was a space about four feet in depth and separated from the lower, or main portion, by a thick floor. Frank lowered himself through the opening, and he was quickly followed by his brother. They crouched down below the roof of the tank and peered out, er, and peered about them in the obscurity. It must have been in here. There's no other place he could have hidden the stuff, said Frank. Let's hunt for it then. I wish we had brought our flashlights. Frank, however, had matches. Cautiously, he lit one. Then crawling on his hands and knees, he advanced into the darkness of the tower. So, a couple things here. One, it's not... uh... It's not one big tank that they have to hang in yeah. and drop. Like, it was like a, an eight-foot drop or whatever Yeah, uh, in the first one. Here, it's two separate sections, a top section and a main section, and they're only going into the top section, yeah, which is only four feet, so it's not like a big drop. Right. So they added that in. Um, but then the other thing here... Huh. Uh, oh, I did that. Um... Hang on just a second. I'm trying to find uh, if the Frank pulled out a. This is the new book. Frank pulled out a flashlight and swung it around. In its Joe, in its glow, Joe began to hunt frantically, casting aside old pails and pieces of lumber. Um, They wrote a flashlight into this instead of a match. So they have matches in the old one because they didn't have a flashlight. Yeah, and I always thought. Like that was speaking of things that we didn't like. I was like, who the, who carries a flashlight? You've been on a motorcycle. Yeah, you're running around with a flashlight in your pocket. You got your, your jacket pocket has the flashlight holder in there. You got your documents, your flashlight, documents, flashlight, pen knife, a hat pocket. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot, I guess, that that I wasn't considering. Yeah, yeah but what it's a just dumb thing. What a very dumb thing. Yeah, matches would make sense, especially with Frank. He's the bad boy. Yeah, you know Frank smoking all the time. He's on a motorcycle. He was chewing on the matchstick and then just pulled it off and lit it. Yeah. flicked it on the side, of the inside of the tank. Just swiped it down to yeah, light it. It's a sweet old strike. Anything right on the bottom of his boot. Um, so they find the jewels, and uh, do they dance and rejoice for a minute? Go to one ninety seven. Oh man, one ninety seven. There's a paragraph so that starts no with crowbars. By the way, no, there, there's there's crowbars. Okay, there, there's there's okay. scrap metal and stuff. One ninety seven. There's a. Uh, a paragraph that starts with, let's start then, toward the bottom, maybe? Yes. Let's start then, Frank exclaimed. No use sitting here all day, patting ourselves on the back. It's up to us to get right back to Bayport and turn this treasure over to Applegate. Hastily, he scrambled up to the trap, and Joe passed the bag of treasures up to him. Frank put the sack carefully to one side, then helped his brother up to the top of the tower. So, it seems like they're just wanting to get these jewels to Robin or to clear Robinson, right? Yeah, uh, turn the page. Could be. Um, and just give me the, the first couple sentences of that paragraph. After that, he tied the, treasures, uh, the treasure sack to his belt in order that he might have the full use of his two hands in descending to the precarious ladder. They were so excited by their uh, momentous discovery, by the knowledge that all the days of fruitless search had now ended, that they des- uh, descended the ladder at breakneck. Why are you going at uh, breakneck speed? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop here for a second. They've added two things in the new book. One, they added a full minute of celebration. We talked about that. <laughs> yeah. Where in this old book, like what you just started with, they're like, well, 
then let's go. Let's get this out. It's not going to do us any good to stand here. Like, yeah. we need to Record go. breaking ladder climbing skills, too. Yeah, let's not dance for one solid minute Hobo Johnny. inside this tank. And the other thing they added was Hobo Johnny. And <laughs> I Why did they, say, they call me Hobo Johnny. This weird manacle person that pops up <laughs> over the edge and locks him in is, as I think about it now, such a lazy addition yes. to the book of like, we need to add some suspense. What if like a I like there's I don't know, let's just spit fire. Yeah, what if there's this homeless there's, man? There's right? eight. There's eight people sitting around a table. You, like, you know all those crowbars that are in that room. What, what if, if they uh, belong to someone? Like a ho- hobo, hobo Johnny. Hobo let's jo- say he's hobo like Johnny. That. Is that and he like <laughs> he pops his head up and locks him in? Like, well then then what? Well then he'll leave and they'll get out. <laughs> well, what if he like assembles some of his homeless friends? Well, they could talk about that, but they're not going to actually do it. Yeah, he's not gonna actually come back with the army of homeless. So you're saying we'll, that adding we'll this hobo Johnny section will just add suspense for like two seconds, then it'll be gone. Yes, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Write that's it. Cliffhangers. Get it typed up. I need it today. <laughs> Five pages on my desk. End of the night. So that's where I ended. They're they're headed back to Bayport. Yeah. With a, they, they they put the sack of jewels and bonds on Frank's motorcycle. Yeah. Uh, they do take the time to say that they pick up the lunch and they didn't finish it. Um, but they did. They did take the, the lunch with them. That was and, clearly uh, they on put the that ground on Joe's for motorcycle. A very long time, and you're just crawling in the dirt in that water tower. You're gonna pick up that sandwich and eat it. Come on, boys, just let it go to waste. They can feed it to a servant. Yeah, I'm sure a, a servant will eat it. <laughs> yeah. Is what they're thinking after they're done dusting the halls. Yes. Here, here's my half-eaten sandwich. It was on the ground. Joe rolled around in it. Yeah. So we went swimming in it four times in the lake. So when I started this, when when you got here today, yeah, I was like, I, when I started this, I was jealous of like you got a great section of the Fantastic. book, and I ended up with a with a boring section where yeah. nothing really. But the more I read, it yes, it was sort of boring. But what was fascinating to me was the <laughs> stuff that they added and why. And what could to have try possibly and justify made... why they added that is great bits. Yeah, so so some big additions were the. Uh, Joe toppling over the rail into space. Yeah, Hobo Johnny, the guard dog, uh, the, the guard dog. Guard dog uh, yeah. For some reason, digging up <laughs> flower bulbs, yeah. cases of flower bulbs. They added that in. Uh, <laughs> just some weird, weird Fenton joining them at high school lunch. Oh, for a lunch, yeah. Just some weird stuff. Uh, well, that was in the old the book, not one. in the new oh, one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this left me with a with a strange like. With a strange what opinion of whoever rewrote this in that room, because I get rewriting out some of the yeah the police disrespect stuff. You don't need to change the story at all. Yeah, even the bomb threat thing. Like, yeah, I can see them changing that, and that's fine. But they lit someone's house on, or they lit someone's store on fire. They just built a small fire in the back as a distraction. Versus, which we were just la- putting an alarm clock in a box. I mean, that's more playful than starting a small fire. I guess arson and terrorism are both bad. But it, like when, when we were reading about the fire, it was funny because we were like, what a dumb little offense. And for Oscar Smut, like it, we made fun of Oscar Smut for like going back, seeing a small rubbish fire yeah, and, and being like, like I can save that. this. Yeah, it was the pickle jar situation. Of, well, let me get a crack of that fire. Let me see if I can put that out. Yeah. And so I, I, I get that rewrite from, hey, let's fake plant a bomb for the police department yeah uh 
because they didn't want to give kids that idea. So I guess no, but they needed to keep Rocco in there. And now that I think about it, if they're looking out for kids and they started this fire, this rubbish fire, which is all wet garbage, yeah, what a great parable for kids of like if you're teaching kids like, hey, let's go start a fire. We'll need wet garbage, <laughs> which they'll never light. Yeah. And so the author was like, we'll get these kids. It, yeah. Even if these kids do try to light a fire, we told them you need wet garbage to start a fire. Yeah, it's Idiots. okay, though, if they cut themselves reaching into the wet garbage, you get wet garbage all over them. Like, you have penicillin. Yeah. yeah. But they've got it now. Yeah. They got it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that way they'll have it. They'll, they saved them. Yeah. So do you want to guess how long we've been talking? An hour and 20 minutes. Okay. We are at hour and 43 minutes. Oh, my God. We've Our done longest it. episode done to it. date. I thought about at the 50-minute mark, splitting it into two episodes. No. But we've persevered. Yeah. And I'm proud of us. Um, so we will conclude the book in the next episode. Yes. We've got two chapters left, which are presumably uh, pretty predictable. Uh, I don't as far that. as they, yeah. they've got the loot. Um, the two chapters are called Adelia Applegate's Compliment. And Ooh. then one is called like the... the well, look, at, look at the last two chapters. What are they called? Uh, we have Adelia Applegate's Compliment and the last of the Tower Case. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to sum up here pretty quick. Um, and then we will get started on the second book, which you already have. Oh yeah, The House on the Cliff. I already I have. Cannot. I'm very wait to excited read this. to get started. Yeah. Um, we are gonna try to with season two incorporate some guests. Yeah. To, to bring in some people. Yeah. Uh, and we'd like to put it out to you if you a made it this far into this episode, uh, and b would want to be a part of reading along the next book with us. Uh, and adding some of your thoughts, we would love to pull some people in. So reach yeah, out to us. Hit us up on uh, uh, Hardy and Sons Podcast dot com. Yeah, and there's a little form there. Just fill it out. Let us know what you're into. Let us know if you have the book. Or now if you're you going to have to it. do things like we do. You cannot read ahead, and you're going to have to sit there with Sean and I and read that chapter with us. So you need to provide your own book, or do we get a separate? I book think they for should have their guests. own book because, and I mean, you can get these at the library, uh, but the uh, if they if Say we do chapter six with somebody, they're going to need to read chapters one through five first. Yeah, you're right. Because be hopefully up. we will produce this well and not record one episode a week, but record a few of these at a time. That's so right. That, uh, so we could be more efficient Productive. podcasters. Yeah. Uh, I like that. I'm excited. I'm excited, I'm excited too. to wrap this up. Great. This was, this was, there was more in this book than I thought there would be. Yeah. And I've learned a lot about myself, a lot about the Hardys, yeah. and a lot about our, the our 1920s, world. The 1920s, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the prehistoric. We're basically 1920s. historians now. We are not yeah. basically. We are. We are. Yeah, we are historians. Uh, and and a- amateur naturalist, but in our own way. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to kill it? Don't want to kill it. Yeah. And with that, the podcast ended. <laughs>